The creator disappoints by coming in third place at the box office in its opening weekend. Michael Gambon has passed away at the age of 82, and A24 is interested in purchasing the rights to the Halloween franchise. Let's get into this week's movie news. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. And today we have another episode of Movie News where we go through all of the industry news so you don't have to. Lots of trailer releases, tons of casting and announcements for film and TV. Yeah, don't you dare going on the don't internet. Don't go anywhere. We as, are going to give you all the news. As well as the box office stats for this weekend. Now, this box office was very surprising. We had three major new releases. So Paw Patrol came in first place with 22 $2.5 million, winning the opening weekend by a lot, and it became a huge hit for the franchise. They've already hit greenlit the next film in the franchise for 2026. Paw Patrol 17. How many are there? There's, <laughs> there's gotta be, or is it the, the first Paw Patrol? This is the first one. Okay. Yeah, where they're super... Yeah. Because the there's already one. other ones, aren't there, like, of this In the franchise. franchise. They made them superheroes for this one. Okay, okay. I yeah, I've seen the billboards and the posters. Yeah. They're all, like, got their own Iron Man suits. Yeah, it's pretty cute. <laughs> Everything's if I was a kid, I'd be like, that's really fun. Yeah. And then uh, in second place, Saw X... Had a surprisingly good opening weekend for the 10th film in this horror franchise. $18.6 million. Biggest of the franchise for an opening weekend. It also has by far the best reviews of any Saw film. It's actually the only Saw film that is certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. The next highest rated Saw film is 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's shocking because I think the first one's an awesome movie. first one's great. I don't know how that's a rotten movie. I think it was ahead of its time. It probably it was. was a, it was when, like, Gore... 2004, yeah. yeah. Gorefest and torture porn was still new, so critics, I think, weren't sure how, what to make of it. But now it's become a commonality. When you so. go back and watch Saw, yeah. the original, that is an excellent horror it's a, film. It's a really brilliant concept. There's a reason why James Wan is so successful. It's because he had an amazing first film with Saw and such a great idea, amazing twist. Was that his first movie? First movie, oh, yeah. That's an awesome debut. Yeah, help, it's, it's an, a debut that people don't talk about. Correct, I, I might be wrong, but let I'm me, pretty let sure. Let me double check I'm you. pretty sure it's his first film. But Saw, the Saw is actually getting very good re uh, reviews from both audiences and critics. It's got a decent IMDb score. A lot of our friends have seen it. They're giving it three, three and a half stars. So it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. So do you think it's still bad? <laughs> well, a lot of people gave it threes. <laughs> it's the 10th movie in the Saw franchise. What do you expect, man? <laughs> Expectations are low. Not as bad as I thought. Hold on. I got his, I got his IMDb pulled up. Uh -huh. Let's go and see where his first film was. So he made a movie called Stygian in 2000, but it was only an hour and 12 minutes. So that's not that's technically a, that's a feature. feature. But no, I yeah. think it was a very like low budget indie. So I would, it seems like Saw was technically his first feature length film, like major studio production, nice. 2004. Good he made him. a short film for Saw in 2003. Have you ever seen it? No. It's got, it has one of the, I think it's got the actor from the original, one of the guys that's chained up and mm -hmm. kind of. This interesting short story. It's, actually, it's only nine minutes long. I would it's a great idea. It out. I'd love to watch it now. Yeah. So in third place at the box office, Gareth Edwards' new film, The Creator, disappoints with a $14 million opening weekend. This is uh, not what they wanted. They definitely wanted closer to the tune of $25 million for an opening weekend with an $80 million budget. Unfortunately, audiences did not choose to see this film. They, cho they chose to saw see Saw X instead. It's about the same kind of demographic. Unfortunately, for original sci-fi, this isn't good news. We were expecting a little bit more. It is getting... Um, pretty decent reviews, not quite as high as we were expecting based upon the early hype of this film last year. And so we're going to see it today. We'll let, you know our, we'll let you know our thoughts later this week. 
I'm looking forward to it. I like Gareth Edwards a lot. I think the trailer's really cool and the concept's awesome, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. But it's unfortunate that it didn't really debut with that big of a splash. Maybe it'll have good word of mouth for people going to the theater, but that's an opening weekend bomb to come in third place. Yeah. $80 million dollar yeah. movie. You know, they're expecting, they're projecting 20 to $30 million at the opening weekend box office. But to third place for... Disney, one of their biggest movies of the year with the creator, that's a that's a bomb, honestly. It would have done better if it came out last week because, remember, last week was the worst weekend of the year for box office. Yeah, but also, would it have maybe made more money? We don't know. This movie was heavily marketed. This yeah. has been everywhere, yeah. especially like film Twitter, film talk, film Instagram. Everyone's talking about the creator. They've been seeing it. So mm. it's not like people don't know this movie exists. There are billboards everywhere. It's um main uh, mainstream audiences chose not to see it. Yeah, it's that's just what it it's, is. they chose to see Saw, like uh, more of, like the 10th movie in a franchise yeah. versus the creator. Maybe a lot of people don't understand what the movie is based off the trailers. Could be, yeah, it could be. But I'm very excited to see it today because it's one of our most anticipated movies of the year. Original sci-fi blockbusters, like we need these to do well. We really do. Oh, yeah, big time. So this was this was disappointing. Hopefully it gets a little better word of mouth and people turn out weeks two and three. We'll see going forward. Now in fourth place, The Nun 2 made $4.6 million and it's reached $76 million domestically so far. So a very... Healthy box office success for Warner Brothers. And then in fifth place was Dumb Money. On its uh, wide release now, it brought in $4 million. Its total sum is just under $8 million. So uh, another big loss for a new film. It's been released for three weeks now, but it was a limited run before. Last week was in 600 theaters. This week is a little over 1,000 theaters. So it's on a, a wide release. And so they definitely want more theater, more money than that. So uh, another failure. And Dumb Money is a movie that nobody's talking about. Nobody's no talking, talking about, about seeing this movie. You know what else yeah. no one's talking about? The Continental. No one's talking about oh, the Oh, yeah, that came I out. It came out eight days, <laughs> ten days ago. I saw your tweet. Yeah. I said, I tweeted the other day, is anyone watching The Continental? Because I didn't realize it got released. I forgot mm. it came out, actually. It's on Peacock. It's only that three-episode miniseries, basically. And only one person said they're watching it. They said they're enjoying it, but I think there were like 10 responses where people are like, not interested, don't really care. There were there were a bunch of responses of people not liking it. And yeah, Oh, yeah, yeah, not liking it. There were it. about six or seven on your tweet of comments of people saying it was okay and it was not that good. They and said definitely it didn't not, really yeah. feel like a John Wick movie, which I the trailer, I, I think I brought up two weeks ago, didn't feel like a John Wick movie at yeah, all. I mean, I you, don't have, you don't have Stahelski, and obviously it's a prequel without John. One thing that irked me about the trailer. What irked you, man? His Mustang's in it. Why is John Wick's Mustang in this? Like, this is the it's the origins of the Mustang. Is, exactly. This is the problem with the reboot legacies and the prequels. Is you can't like the Mustang is so iconic to John Wick himself. But now I'm assuming is it what's his name's Mustang now or something? Winston's and is he it, probably gave it to John. Yeah, that oh ruins God. the. Don't if, tell me that's if, if don't that's tell it. Me that's it ruins it. the lore. It takes away from the character of John Wick. If you the Mustang, the origin story of the Mustang is yeah. Winston. Possibly, I get like that Mustang is from that era. It's a, it's a, I don't it's a care where the car. Mustang came from. You don't need to know. But it's it's John Wick's Mustang, and yeah. now you're taking away something that was his just mm. to for the trailer just to get people enticed. It's it's baiting, man. It really is. I think so too. And what's he gonna meet like a, a teenage John Wick? Probably give it to him. I guarantee. Maybe the see <laughs> that the was their plan for the second season. Is he gonna meet a teenage John Wick? That's my guess. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Green light. I but. mean, t stuff like that takes away from what was great about a character or the original story. This is why when they eventually reboot the John Wick, like with John Wick and without Keanu, and In they're probably gonna go, years. they're gonna go with the younger one. It's not gonna do the same because it's the success of John Wick really is a testament to Keanu Reeves and his star power and 
his just true magnetism on screen that just draws people in. Instahelski. Instahelski did a wonderful job, but Keanu is the reason why that franchise is successful. So when you don't have him in it, it's not going to work. This is an example of it. We'll see what Ballerina is like. I'm I'm looking forward to Ballerina with Anna de Armas because I think they got— They'll have the same production crew from the movies. I'm sure the TV series had a bunch of different people and coordinators and everything like that. But I'm curious about the movie for sure. But yeah. I have no interest really in watching The Continental, especially after I posed that question on Twitter. But let's get into some more news. A tragic note. Michael Gammon passed away at the age of 82. Sir Michael Gammon. He was obviously the second Dumbledore cast after the passing of Richard Harris for Prisoner of Azkaban going forward through Deathly Hollows. But he's also... A great legend in theater as well as so many movies. Layer Cake, he's excellent. He plays a great mob boss, has incredible monologues in that movie. The Insider, The King's Speech, Sleepy Hollow, Fantastic Mr. Fox, as well as many, many others. Very respected actor, and he will be dearly missed for sure. Yeah, and Daniel Radcliffe, among us, amongst others, made statements, and his statement said, With the loss of Michael Gammon, the world just became considerably less fun. Michael Gammon was one of the most brilliant, effortless actors I've ever had the privilege of working with. But despite his immense talent, the thing I remember most about him is how much fun he had doing his job. And he, he also said that on Half-Blood Prince, they spent so much time in front of green screens, the two of them, because they had a lot of sequences together. And he said that Michael Gambon always made every every day more fun than it deserved to be because they were in front of green screens. <laughs> but he just is like he was an infectious personality. Yeah, and I think he was an excellent casting after the passing of Richard Harris because Richard was great and he really captured the heart and the soul of Dumbledore in this, those first two films. But he was very elderly, and you know later on in the books and the movies, Dumbledore he's got some action sequences, Half Blood Prince specifically. He shows strength. Yeah, yeah, a lot he of has strength. a lot of he's got some action scenes, yeah. and you really needed to show that it would have been difficult i'm sure for richard harris you know what a horrible passing but he was he was getting up there and he it, i think richard harris brought that youthfulness that was also a part of dumbledore in the books because he's always described as being a man he's like over 100 years old but he has the youthfulness of someone in like their 40s and kind of even very spry yeah very spry very old spry. man so i think michael gammon definitely brought that to the character for the later parts of the franchise and i made a tiktok about you know everyone makes fun of the goblet of fire scene did you put your name into the Goblet of Fire? <laughs> Dumbledore asked Harry calmly. Now, like, it's a, <laughs> that whole performance, I, I made a TikTok um, explaining that performance. Michael Gambin didn't do that in Azkaban. His performance in Azkaban was, he had that kindness, he had that charm, and he had that sweet, loving Dumbledore. But I think it was, I really think it was Mike Newell's direction of making him more, because in, in Goblet, he's impatient. In the other scenes, impatient. Yeah. He's annoyed, he's frustrated. And he's short-tempered. It wasn't just that one scene. You don't scene. really feel much love from Dumbledore and Goblet of exactly. Fire until Cedric's death. And so I analyzed it because Mike Newell, he's like an old-school kind of British guy. And I remember interviews with the kids, and the kids were saying working with him, they felt like they were in boarding school. Rather than with Columbus and, and Quaron, they were working with like a friend and a collaborator as mm-hmm. a director. Newell brought like uh, assertiveness to the, to the set. And I think he brought this new interpretation and directed Michael Gammon to act like that in Goblet because it's it's a complete 180-degree turn from what he did in Azkaban. Plus, also, I mean, I'm sure they did different versions of, hey, yeah. try it calmly, try it aggressive, try it a little more in the middle, and they just probably went with what they wanted. Yeah, but Michael Gammon ended up being really, really sensational. Directing is a huge role in performances, exactly. especially for huge franchises. Yeah. So I think a lot of people, it wasn't Michael Gammon, it was, exactly. it was Michael Gammon. That's what probably. I'm saying. Yeah. I, think it was, I think it was absolutely <laughs> Michael Gammon's choice to do it that way. Some massive news going forward. 
the WGA strike is over. They have struck a deal with the ANPTP, and it officially went into effect on Monday. It'll hopefully be, I'm sure it will be ratified in October. We are doing an entire episode tomorrow breaking down and explaining all the details of this new contract with the WGA, which will last three years, talking about residual payments, talking about artificial intelligence, all of these regulations and protections for the WGA and writers that are going into effect with the studio. Don't miss that episode tomorrow if you're curious about what this new contract entails. We went through every bit of details, so it's if you want to know more about it, yeah, we, we informed the hell out of it. And SAG, after they begin their negotiations again tomorrow on October 2nd, Monday, with the AMPTP. So hopefully this will be a contagious end of a strike for the WGA. It'll affect the SAG. Hopefully they can make a deal maybe this week, maybe the following week. So let's cross our fingers that both these strikes officially end very soon. We'll keep you posted on that. And in addition to our WGA strike episode tomorrow, Wednesday is going to be a rep, an episode on Blade Runner 2049. Don't miss that one. It's really great. All right, getting into some A24 news. A24 is currently in a bidding war for the rights to the Halloween IP. They would like to make a TV series as well as new films, so they want to turn it into a whole thing. For clarity, quoting for clarity, while Miramax co-owns the film rights, Trancas is the sole owner of all television rights. From what we understand, there is a massive bidding war going on right now for television rights with several different parties interested and vying for the chance to bring Michael Myers back to life. Like he wasn't gone for a year. <laughs> Evil dies tonight. He, Evil dies. They just came out with a movie the, last year. It just ended, I thought. I thought it ended. Back to life. He, he escaped. <laughs> I can't stand the title. It's Halloween ends. On, and we were like, yeah, they're going to make another one in two years. It's this, this is a crazy quote. Like, back to life. He's been He's been dead for so long. It's been seven months. People were craving, finally, can we see Michael Myers back on screen again? <laughs> it's been years. But, and uh, we're exclusively... Exclusively hearing that A24 and Miramax, Miramax are the two main parties currently in battle for TV rights and that A24 is currently leading the charge. And Miramount, Miramax is actually owned right now, majority stake by Paramount. It's shifted ownership back in from like 1993 to 2010. It was owned by Disney. So Paramount has the the control over Merrimax and yeah Disney bought it from the Weinstein's yeah and then because the Weinstein's well the Weinstein's created Merrimax and then when when Disney bought Merrimax they started making movies as the Weinstein company mm-hmm. and so Disney ended up just completely controlling Merrimax from that from Merrimax then, from then yeah. on and then Merrimax and Dimension Films are also the same company it's just a different the label. horror so like umbrella. they they make a ton of horror movies as well as Airbud mm-hmm. Airbud. Earbud. 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 My favorite childhood classic, Earbud. It's it's about headphones and ears. (laughs) Well, and speaking of horror. It's about earbuds that play basketball. (laughs) (laughs) We got Bose versus Apple today. Now, we have another studio, another horror studio trying to hopefully get the rights to another horror icon. Or they could make make their own new ones. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's easier this way, man. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So Blumhouse is really interested in getting the rights to Friday the 13th. Obviously, they've done the Halloween trilogy. 
and they also have their first Exorcist film coming out next month with The Exorcist Believer, which will be the first film of a trilogy that they're planning. So now they want to acquire the rights to Friday the 13th. I and, just died inside. And Jason <laughs> Voorhees. You can't stop it. I know, it's I know. Happen. You just got to accept it, I know, bro. I know, I know, I know. This is, there's these movies that keep getting made over and over again. That's what it is. This is the 21st century. I know, I uh, just oh, let it, Just let it happen, okay, man. I will. Just I'll, have a I'll, beer I'll. and relax and watch someone get their head cut off with a machete from Jason Voorhees. Oh, no, Jason Voorhees ones, I don't care. Okay. Because there's already been a doubt. Oh, you mean, a the, you mean the Exorcist. Exorcist trilogy? I just died inside. Well, the thing with the Exorcist, tri- <laughs> Exorcist trilogy, because there's already been five sequels to the Exorcist. Or something like that. There's been three sequels, but nobody's seen them, and they suck. So by the end of it, there'll be seven Exorcist movies. Just like Halloween, there's ten. I don't know. It is what it is. There's like a ton of Yeah, how many are there? Well, there's an entire Exorcism genre now, but The Exorcist itself has several sequels, and this is the first of their trilogy. Now, A24 and Peacock, back last year in 2022, they had announced a prequel series called Crystal Lake. But there's been no updates on that since July. Apparently, that's going to come out in 2024. But I don't know what's going on with that because of the strike when it happened as well as now that it's over. Now, Crystal Lake, obviously, if you know from the 13th, is the name of the camp where I won't spoil who the killer in the first film is because I'm sure some people haven't seen it. But obviously, it's Jason, John Wick. Jason, <laughs> Jason Voorhees <laughs> kills all the campers. It's Crystal Lake. So I don't know if they're making that for sure still. But Blumhouse obviously wants to acquire the film rights to Friday the 13th and I'm sure make a trilogy out of that. They, they, I like they, I, I like the idea of being at Crystal Lake. Me too. I like that. And I like Blumhouse's game plan. They just buy an IP, the rights to it for like 10 years, make three movies, get out, we're good to go. Well, they've they've accumulated the money to do it. So they have the big they have the big bucks to buy the big boys. So I would like to see a reboot. I, I would like this. We haven't seen Jason Voorhees on film in a while. And they have been – they've rarely been good. And, I yeah. mean, yeah, but there's – the icon of, of yeah. the character is huge, and he was huge when we were young, when we were kids. Oh, yeah, we watched Jason Voorhees was – Jason X, ma- Jason in space, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the, those horror the classics from the 70s and 80s, they were still huge in the 90s and early 2000s for us. We were still mm-hmm. watching those. So mm-hmm. I would actually love to see a new version of Friday the 13th. Yeah, Friday the 13th, I'm cool because it's been a while. But this one, this one, audiences have been waiting to finally yeah. let's finally bring him back to life. Like it's been like ten years. Michael Myers has been <laughs> to life this whole century. <laughs> like like this, that sentence applies to for he's for, to Jason not, and to an extent Freddy. <laughs> yeah, my God. <laughs> oh my God. All right. So more news about some reboots. Paramount Pictures has announced that once the strikes are done. Well, so now, the now that the WJ is over. over, they're going to be they're working towards a Star Trek reboot, reboot, which is a top priority for them. Makes sense because it's one of the most important IPs to, the, to that studio at the moment. Star Trek Four was in development for the past few years, but they're shutting that down. They're going to do a complete reboot of the franchise, which it's is been I mean, development hell. Yeah, I expect that. I mean, they got three goes. It was fifteen years. You know, move, let's do another one. That's understandable. Let's reboot it with the new James Kirk and everything. Let's make a younger, hotter cast. They actually already did that. That's tough. That was already yeah. a hot cast. That was a hot cast. I mean, we have Chris Pine. So hot right now. Chris Hemsworth is in that first one as well. Man, it's a pretty pretty good looking cast. <laughs> the I think they cast it really well. They did. They did I, a great I, cast. I like the Star Trek I, I love the first one. I really like. It's one of my favorite sci-fi films of the 21st century. That's it's one of great. the best reboots of the century. Yeah. For an IP, that for a film IP. 
I mean, they did a great job with that first movie. It's it was, a lot of fun. Yeah, it was it was really good. And I mean, even though there are a lot of lens flares that make no sense, it's still. <laughs> and I like the lens flares, and I like the Dutch angles. The I lens flares cool. in the first one are great. There's too many in the third one, though. The third, he he went a little too far. I was having a panic attack. With he was like, "Let's flares. get it in every shot." He's just like, you can se- you can tell JJ's like offset, just like off camera, just like shining that flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the first one's really good I like it Big news that everyone's been waiting for There's been an update on Frozen 3 It's officially happening for real Especially post WJ strike at Disney We're getting more fro- Frozen everybody Some people are worth melting for <laughs> Is that the tagline? No, that's what he says when he's dying The snowman, <laughs> guy, the snowman guy What's his name? Um, I don't know Snowman. Olaf. 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 Yeah. Olaf. Olaf. Yeah. <laughs> Some people are worth melting for. The snowman guy. <laughs> I've only seen it once and it was with our niece like fucking 10 years oh, ago. I've seen Frozen like 15 times with her, man. Really? Yeah. Annie loves Frozen. I've only or, seen or it loved once. it when she was a kid. She's a she kid. had so much Frozen merch. Yeah. They, Disney made a lot of money off our brother. They made a lot of money off of just yeah. everyone. So much. Dude, imagine you how saw much Frozen merch everywhere you went. If there were kids nearby... They, they had something frozen. And the thing with Frozen, it's such a clever story because it applies to the, the holidays and Christmas time. Yeah, without being a Christmas movie. Exactly. Yeah. So you can have the merch sold in the summertime, and then you're selling more of it in the wintertime because it's like a snowman. It's Arctic, so it applies to the holidays as well. It's pretty yeah. genius stuff. It became a money-making machine, Absolutely. Frozen. <laughs> I remember at the malls, the stores, Frozen everywhere. Can you imagine how much merch they've sold for Frozen? Oh, my gosh. Disney, if one of the big success like that, they'll make a billion off the movie, which it, that movie made a billion, but then they'll make probably 10 billion off of merchandise probably. maybe more since since because it's been 15 years since the first one or so, so about 15 they've probably made at least 10 billion off merchandise off merchandise and meanwhile we've made like a thousand dollars off merch <laughs> but even. we do appreciate all the merch that has been <laughs> bought three for raiders crew <laughs> well we stopped pushing to get we should we should like advertise we should, it. you know what we should do we should start making the uh, limited time drops like oh, some yeah. new designs. Like a cool drop. Yeah, like a new design. Get them, you know, get I'll get new, on that for the, yeah. for the winter time. Well, we got we got the cool new hats. The, you got to get a new hat. You know oh, yeah. where? You know, you got to get a new one. I'll get one. It's great. I'll get one. I worked really hard on the design of that. Did you? Yeah. Did you, though? I did. Did you, though? I did. Moving on. New trailer. Let's get into trailers, actually. We got several. So, Argyle, Matthew Vaughn's upcoming film with Henry Cavill, Bryce Dallas Hadward, Sam Rockwell. Hadward? <laughs> Bryce Dallas Howard, <laughs> Sam Rockwell. Dua Lipa, and many others looks fun and hilarious. This is from Apple, but it is going to be in theaters. So we think we thought Henry Cavill was going to be the star. The star is actually Bryce Dallas Howard, and she plays an espionage novel writer. And so Henry Cavill, Dua Lipa, and many other characters will be playing visual representations of the story she's writing currently. And then she actually gets caught up with a real, a real spy played by Sam Rockwell, who uh, takes her on his journey? It's really, it looks really fun. Sam Rockwell is like hitting the action really hard, which I'm happy to see. Yeah, he has he really ever done action before? He did. He did um um an action movie with Anna Kendrick, um like Mister Assassin or something. It was okay. Okay, it, I remember. It was, that. He was, in a, it was he like, looks good as an action here. Yeah, like, he he's crushing. He's rocking the shit out of it. Yeah, I, I always thought he's more of a Streisand, but he's rocking the shit in this one. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Harry Cavill looks hilarious. They have this great uh, flat top. Yeah, kind of. Fr- people are freaking out online, guys. It's it's a comedy. It's, Stop taking it's a joke. People do online. The, the hairstyle is a satire. Yeah, exactly. Like, the the Twitter is going on insane for the hair. It's like guys. 
it's a joke. It's it's this is a comedy, but it looks like a lot of fun. It's I, really I, interesting yeah. because the teaser before the trailer came out the day before is just of this cat in a backpack, yeah. and I'm like, what is Argyle? I thought it was a spy movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it looks like Stranger Than Fiction, where obviously Stranger Than Fiction, that movie starring Will Ferrell, he finds out that he's a character in a book that's being written. This seems like that because Bryce Dallas Howard's character, the author, she's predicting things in her books and writing that are actually happening, like chapters mm. she's writing. They're occurring in real espionage world yeah. of spies, and they're trying to come after her to figure out like what the next chapter is going to be yeah so like the cia has always been like keeping close tabs on her books to be prepared <laughs> for events it's pretty clever I'm, yeah. I'm really curious it looks like something fun and original so sign me up and we like matthew von Eli. he's a really great filmmaker all right next up my favorite trailer this week was may december this is todd haynes todd haynes new film starring natalie portman and julianne moore it looks excellent so portman plays an actress who begins researching a new role by shadowing the life of a woman who was caught in the crossfire of the press and media years prior because of her affair with a 15-year-old boy. This woman's played by Julianne Moore. Currently, she and the boy, who is now in his 30s, have been married for several for over a decade, but Natalie Portman's arrival disrupts their apparent marital bliss. It looks really good. Check out May, December. The trailer slaps. I love the concept because obviously you read so many stories about actors and actresses when they're researching a role and they're following somebody around, shadowing them, and learning about their lives and their mannerisms. So it's actually going to be cool to see that on a movie. Like I'm sure it's been done before in film, yeah. but... I mean, but with, this takes a really unexpected dark twist. I mean, it's a dark kind of idea. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. It, it seems like Portman's character has ulterior motives, for sure. We got another trailer for The Toxic Avenger. This one looks silly and fun. Peter Dinklage is starring in this one as Winston Goose. He's a janitor whose employer refuses to cover treatment for his terminal illness. After robbing the company, Winston falls into toxic waste and aims to right society's wrongs as the Toxic Avenger. The cast looks great. It just looks like a silly, fun kind of superhero yeah, movie. Yeah, very like a great gory. Twist. Very gory. This is just a teaser, but they showed some really insane shots of, of blood and gore. And But the first thing they released was the backlit photo of Dinklage last two weeks ago and then did you see that Elijah Wood image? Yeah, he looks so he looks like Gollum. Yeah, it looks like, like it looks like, like the Gollum makeup they tried yeah. in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and so he I, I believe he'll be playing the main villain. He actually yeah he looks like Gollum but he also looks like Danny DeVito as Penguin in Bat in uh, yeah. Batman Returns. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing the full trailer um probably the next couple of months closer to its release. Our next trailer was a romantic drama called Fingernails that stars Jesse Buckley. Riz Ahmed and Jeremy Allen White, three very in-demand actors right now. The film is about a scientific institute which uses biology to, ter to determine whether or not people are truly in love. So it's an interesting concept of blending science with um, emotions where this institute which Riz Ahmed works at and then Jesse Buckley, um, after, wanting, after wanting to learn more about it, she, starts, she gets a job there too. So the film is basically about this institute found a, this scientific process where they take a DNA sample from each part of a couple, and the DNA sample through this biological process can determine, are these people actually in love for real or not? That's scary, but also interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting <laughs> concept. Um, and so she's married to Jeremy Allen White. They did the test three years ago and passed. So biologically, scientifically, they're in love. But you can tell there's something missing on her end. It's not doesn't feel right and then she while when working at this institute she begins um 
falling for Riz Ahmed's character and send. So then she's like, am I in love with two people? And then is that scientifically possible? It looks like a really interesting concept and a twist on the romance dra drama. Also co-starring uh, Luke Wilson as the head of the Institute. Oh, nice. Yeah, so and there, it's, I haven't Love seen Luke. him in a movie in a while. It's been a minute. Yeah. Next up, we have a trailer for a new Tomb Raider project. This is an anime from Netflix. Now, this picks up after the events of Tomb Raider Survivor video game trilogy, which had 2013's Tomb Raider, 2015's Rise of the Tomb Raider, and 2018's Shadow of the Tomb Raider. The animated series will chart the globe-trotting heroine, Lara Croft's next chapter as she takes on the role of the iconic Tomb Raider. She was destined to become 25 years after her first game appeared. Lara Croft continues to explore new territory, and Lara will be voiced by Haley Atwell. Perfect casting. Why just do it with her? Make a live action with they her. They should just make her as Lara Honestly. Croft. I mean, that would be a really good idea, to be honest. She's great casting. <laughs> she already like she exudes that Lara Croft personality she already. She killed yeah. it with the action in. Mission Impossible. I would love to see Haley Atwell as Lara Croft. She would be great. All I right. feel like if they're going to do a Lara Croft film series, they're probably going to reboot it with someone like in their 20s, though. Because I believe Haley's in her mid-30s, like 35, 36. Because mm -hmm. she's older than Rebecca Ferguson. Mm -hmm. And Rebecca Ferguson from Mission Impossible, she's like 33, I think. Yeah, she, Ferguson's young. She her she was only like 25 in the in her first Mission Impossible movie. She's she was a, young. An incredible actress. So, but I think, I, I, I mean, dude, I'd say cast Haley. Who cares how old she is? She's great. They didn't work with the younger actress. Yeah, I mean, what, with Alicia? Yeah. Well, it's not that. I think Alicia was a great casting for Lara oh, yeah. Croft. I, the movie it, was yeah. terribly written. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you go with the young actress, you're going for the origins again. Yeah, I wonder. Well, Angie had to be, what, in her mid-30s when she was Lara she Croft. She was probably 30. Yeah. Either late 20s or 30s. She was, you know, she wasn't young. She wasn't a kid. But I feel like that was like 2000 and 2002. Let me see. 2004. Keep talking. I'll, I'll figure something out. Prey 2 was just announced by Hulu and Disney. They've greenlit Prey 2. There's no details on the film, so we don't know if they're going to make a sequel to Prey or if they're going to do another area, another location in geographically in another era. I think it would be fun to go with like the Assassin's Creed route of every film could be a different um, setting, a different culture, and a different time period. And predators in that environment, just like Assassin's Creed. I think so too. I think that would be the best way forward to just make it so fun, and it'll be it'll be fun to watch this franchise. If like 15 years from now, it'll be like playing the Assassin's Creed games, where one's in ancient Rome, one's in uh, feudal Japan with samurai. Uh, they they I think that would be really cool. But you know they're not going to do that. No, they're probably going to do a sequel to the first one. Um, I, but I think it would be fun to jump around. I think so, cultures. too. So Angelina Jolie was actually only, only 26 in Tomb Raider in the first one, in 2001. Wow. Man, man, that movie. I, I became a man when I saw that movie for the first time. I was so in love with Angie. Yeah, everyone was, yeah. <laughs> so in love with her. Oh, man. <laughs> Moving on. So we have the Golden Globes news. They have added two new categories. What is this? The Globes have added categories for Best Cinematic and box office achievements. So the films will be eligible if they achieve a box office receipt total gross of $150 million. That's a weird category. Well, they're just trying to make more popular movies. They're trying to increase their viewership because nobody watches them. So they've added... It's they could not just have better hosts. <laughs> Bring Ricky Gervais back. <laughs> That's true. I mean, but also, like, they want... The, their goal in their statement was to... Get films nominated that audiences love that never get nominated. So I the, guess so yeah. the kinds of films that most people like 
John Wick. Like, they never get nominated yeah. for Best Picture or anything. So they're making its own category so that these films can get nominated for an award and, and win an award. So so it needs to have $150 million minimum gross. But they're also still being strict about it. It has to be creatively incredible, like, well done and artistic. Uh, so it's so they're still going to have a high standard for quality. So, so like, Fast Eleven's not going to get a nomination. Fast Eleven's not, not going to get nominated <laughs> when they make it. <laughs> they also added the category for best stand-up comedian for TV. So I like that. TV comedian specials can now get nominated for Golden Globes. And I expect um, if they do it this year, Chris Rock will win. Is he ha- does he have a special coming out? He just had one this year. So if they do it for – oh, you mean It'll for, be like for this, this year's release season? Yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so I think Chris Rock will – he has it in the bag. He had a great special. He did. All right, so – It looks like Barbie would definitely win box office achievement. Probably. Definitely. Probably, because it's that – between that, Oppenheimer – Well, Oppenheimer's probably going to win Best Picture. Mm-hmm. So they're going to – this is a category to nominate movies that aren't going to be like Best Picture nominees. Speaking of Oppenheimer, it's going to make $950 million at the box office. How insane is that? It's crazy. That is bonkers. And once it has a re-release, it'll pull a billion. It's going to break a billion dollars eventually at the box office. It's one of Nolan's yeah. most successful films. It's about a bunch of scientists talking for two and a half hours. And more than that. Yeah, There's some, little, it's, but it's an incredible film. But who would have thought – it's Obviously, get, I, we were expecting at least $500 million from a Nolan movie, but almost a billion dollars about the Manhattan Project? It's crazy. That is wild, man. I mean, I, I projected 700 million tops for that movie. You know why? It's a good movie. <laughs> That's what you're just going to do. Just make really good movies, everybody. You listen in studios? Just make good movies. Because it was not front-loaded with box office. No. It, op- it opened to $65 million. It was not, not yeah. front-loaded. Global. It, it, it was, yeah, domestic was like forty. It just kept chugging along, so it's it's you don't need the you don't need the huge opening weekend. You if people like the movie, they'll tell other people to see it, and then that will just spread like wildfire. Exactly. We have some Netflix news. They sent their final DVD by mail. Remember the old days when you used to mail in back in my get day. in the mail DVDs from Netflix. You would select your movies on the internet. Then four days later, they'd come in the mail. There's like a check mark system. Yeah, Anthony <laughs> would have 17 at a time. He had 46 Netflix accounts. Yeah, it's worth it. He had his own uh, library of Netflix movies going in and out on rotation. <laughs> <laughs> but they sent their final one by mail, and it was the Coen Brothers remake of True Grit. That mailing service is officially over. I'm sure a lot of you didn't even realize that it was still happening. But you I didn't still until uh, we talked about it a month ago. A lot of people just love physical media still. I love physical media too, but it's still a thing. And you, you got to think about like older people who using Netflix by mail was like a new thing for them, and so they don't want to go even more advanced than that in technology. So they're they're probably like happy with yeah. that account. Well, it was a thing, but it's over now. Yeah, so Netflix done. is done with fun. By that mail. was a fun last movie. To yeah, put them to it's send great. Out. You know, it built it built their empire. I wonder if they sent them something else too, like roses. <laughs> <laughs> no, because they, they didn't buy. It. Like, remember a month ago they announced they're just giving them away. Yeah. So it was oh, yeah, just like random, a free giveaway. Random, random ones. Yeah. yeah. All right, moving on next to. There's some silly. <laughs> the internet's funny. I just funny. saw this. Yeah. So Kevin James, the uh, comedian and actor, obviously most famous from Paul Blart, Paul Blart Mall Cop, as well as King of Queens. How would you put Paul Blart ahead of King of Queens? Because it's more recent. Yeah, but King of Queens is goaded. I first of all, I, I included both it's in the goated. same sentence, but a lot of the listeners probably don't even know what King of Queens is because they're like in their early twenties. Anthony, all right, good point, asshole. I'm, I'm catering to the audience. I think about our listeners because I care about them so much, and I try to empathize with them <laughs> and their feelings. <laughs> just, just say the story, <laughs> <laughs> but dude, Paul Blart's lit, man. 
That shit's gas, bro. It was, that, sh- it was shot in our in our Burlington mall that we used to Natick go to. Mall or Burlington Mall? Burlington Mall. Burlington Mall, yeah. The first one, yeah. So he's just taking over the world with memification. Everyone is memeing Kevin James' photos. Like, he's got these great, like, stock photos and, like, behind-the-scenes photos or whatever. Just photos of him, like, leaning against a wall or just, like, crossing his arms. They, it's taking the world by storm. Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> YouTube, wherever you go, you see Kevin James memes now. It's like the thing this week. It's so funny. It's the meme of the month. It's so funny. And it's, it's so <laughs> – the internet's so weird, man. It's just, you can't predict this shit. Just something like this will catch fire. And I love how people are using the stock photos or like the Getty images where it has the the uh, watermarks all over it, but they're still posting it yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great photo of him. He's like wearing like a cabbie hat with – Elbow against the wall. <laughs> what? I haven't seen that. And he's one. got like the Kevin James smile, just like yeah, smiling. It's silly, man. It's like his headshots. Yeah, they're like <laughs> from the early two thousand headshots from the, like two thousand one. Oh my god, I love it because Kevin James is a great guy and yeah. he seems so funny. And King of Queens, we loved growing up. And then oh my god, you know he's yeah. just a great comedian and people love him. People love him. It's just a funny thing that's been going on this week. I I remember seeing like three days ago, like the first one, and I was like, "What? Who did this meme?" And then now it's everywhere. Everyone is doing. Everyone's it. doing. It. Did we do one? Did you not do yet? One? Not no. yet. Come it's up with ca- a good one. The thing. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll try to figure Work it out. Work harder, man. <laughs> Work harder. <laughs> Nobody wants to work these days. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I saw the trailer for Hulu's trailer, and that they were like all over it. <laughs> But like Hulu's like this year, this uh, yeah, like this season, it's a popular show. Yeah. All right. Fast Next w- up, <laughs> here we go. It's not gonna end. Fast X, a new draft of the script has been ordered. No, now, no, no, Fast X already came out. Anthony. I mean, Fast Eleven. Read, read the the words. I, I did wrote. read it. My brain didn't. <laughs> my brain didn't say it properly. Fast Eleven, a new, a new draft of the script has officially been ordered. Now that the strike is over. It's definitely going to be about family. <laughs> it's set to release in April 2025, so they are wasting no fucking time at all. In my roads, I just wrote family. <laughs> I think it tripped you up for a second. Oh, my God. So, the, yeah, they get a – I mean, they explain what happens without the Hoover Dam is exploding above Vin's face. <laughs> like, what's going to happen? <laughs> oh, my God. That's how they ended that movie. With the Hoover Dam just on fire. And he's with his son, like, oh my god. Lots of, lots of cliffhangers for Fast X that should be answered for Fast <sighs> 11, so I'm very excited to find out what happens. Are you? Very. <laughs> I'm ecstatic. <laughs> oh my god. Ecstatic. All right, that wraps this week's movie news. Again, episodes this week. Tomorrow, our explanation going over the details of the new WGA contract with the AMPTP, which will last until May 2026, as well as Wednesday. We're doing an entire episode. It's like two-and-a-half-hour breakdown of... Denis Villeneuve's Blade Runner 2049. Very exciting stuff. Excellent episode. Excellent, excellent episode. episode. <laughs> That's our new thing. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. Become patrons today at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews at Spotify and Apple. And please share this with your film lover, friends, and family members and loved ones if they want people some you know and people you know your pets honestly just bombard everyone you know in your texts with episodes from raiders of lost podcast that'd be great yeah if you could do that yeah that'd be great yeah yeah thank you see you next time thank you for watching raiders of the lost podcast be sure to hit that subscribe button hit the like button as well notifications for sure listen to the show on apple Podcasts, spotify everywhere you can listen to podcasts and be sure to check out this other content we have on our youtube channel